Well, last week we started a brand new series called You've Got This. Last week's message, the synopsis comes down to this. If you're walking with God, you've got this. If you're not walking with God, you don't got this. And so bottom line is that we need the Lord. So if you'll just bend the knee to God and say, God, I need you in my marriage. I need you in my relationship. I need you in my parenting. I need you in my career. I need you in my health. If you'll do that, then God will help you through those difficult times. I talked about how last week Hezekiah was only 25 years old, but he was given the, the monumental task of leading a country. You know, I don't think any of us are going to vote the next election for our next president to be 25. You know, that's pretty crazy. So it's a massive responsibility. Yet he succeeded because he started by taking a knee and saying, God, I desperately need you. And then he did something else. I told you last week, my favorite point last week is going to be this week. So I'm excited to show you something I came across. I'd seen it before but I never realized the depths of what this means for us today. God's word is so relevant still to this day. I mean, just it speaks to us right where we are, even in 2022. It really does. So I want to show you something right here in scripture that they did next, right after they went to God, they opened, reopened his house. They, they basically uh, cleaned everything up and, and became worshipers again. And when they did all that, this is what happened next. And so it, basically they came and said, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that we've not been honoring you, not putting you first, and so they got that right, okay? But you know what we typically do? We do what the Israelites normally do, which is, oh, I'm so sorry, and they go back and do the same thing again. And they come back again, oh, God, I'm sorry again. And then they go do it again, oh, God, I'm still sorry. Oh, I'm really, really, really sorry this time. And they just kind of repeat the same thing, which we all tend to do. So how do you get lasting change, real change? That's today's message is called, Real Change Starts Here. So look what they do. This is what he did differently to make, make it actually the change stick. Now, when all this was finished, all Israel who were present went out to the cities and cut down the Asherim and put, and the Asherim just means Asherah poles, okay, the plural poles, and pulled down the high places and the altars throughout all Israel until they had destroyed them all. Then all the sons of Israel returned to their cities and each to his possessions, to possession. So we're going to explain what that verse means over the next few minutes. But what they realized was that we keep repeating the same thing again and again. So the only way for us not to go back to those dumb things that we used to do is to tear those dumb things down. And so that's exactly what they did. They literally tore down all the false gods. Now the false god that was popular of the day is still popular today. The false god that they worship was Baal and Asherah. Baal was the guy, Asherah was the girl. And they would go up to these high places. They were always on hills or mountains because it was basically like a sex god, literally. It was fertility, god of fertility, okay? And so they would go up to these places and they would have these Asherah poles. Asherah was the female god. And they would have temple prostitutes that would dance on the poles. And then people would come and they would lay their offering at the dancer's feet. And that was bringing worship. And then they would also pay the prostitutes and then sleep with them and do all kinds of stuff with them. And so this was what was going on. So, you know, good thing this doesn't happen today. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> so that's what they were doing. Okay. And it got so bad that they would go and, and, and pay homage to, to uh, Asherah and to Baal. Basically, it was like, man, you know, I'm in the mood. You know, I'm kind of, kind of feeling it. Let's, let, let, where can I go? All they do is look up. Like, I can go to that hill or I can go to that one over there. Or, There's one over there. And so they're just, you just look up. They're there. They're high places. They're easy to find. So it's convenient to get to them. And they would go there and it became so normal for them that they would have this illicit casual sex, even orgies were going on, that a lot of times uh, people were getting pregnant from this casual sex and they would, they would have the baby and they would give, and then they would sacrifice the baby. Uh, they would kill the baby at the Asherah pole as well. That was also part of the sacrifices. They would have casual illicit sex, orgies that led to pregnancies and they'd kill the baby. Again, glad we don't do that here. 
Isn't it funny how we think we're so into progress when we're doing the same stuff that's been done for centuries? It's the same areas that people fall into. Now, what's interesting, though, that in worshiping Baal, some would partake in the, the prostitutes and all that, but some would just go and partake in the images of Baal. They would have images of this Baal, the guy, and Asherah, the girl, getting it on. And they would have image after image, and then they paint these huge painted walls. You, they have, historians can show you, archaeologists can show you these walls of the state, and they had every possible thing you could think of, they were, had a picture of it, right? So basically, this is almost really the extent of the beginning of the pornography industry today. So whatever you wanted to find, there it was. And so that's what, what they had, and it, it corrupted their entire society. No one talked about it, but everybody knew what was going on. Again, very similar to what we're dealing with today. Now, today's message is actually not on pornography. That's just one point, but I think we're going to see the images as a real big deal as we keep going. But the first thing you need to know is this. Real change happens when you tear down false images. We're going to explain what those mean in just a minute. But of course, the first and most obvious point here is images of immorality can, can corrupt us, can destroy us. And so in anyone who uh, today says, you know, especially men I'm talking to, if you say, oh, I don't, I don't deal with any of that, well, then you're, you're either, you've either already dealt with it or you're lying. Because God built you to be visual. So you, you can't tell me that stuff just doesn't turn me on. That's just not true. It's just what turns you on. Something does. God built you to, to be designed. But you're built that way so you could get married one day and, and you could find the satisfaction in your, in your marriage. Okay? And so, but basically they were, they were falling into this it was destroying their life. And I really believe this is the real pandemic of our culture today. This is the actual pandemic. And so I really believe it's that, that much of a problem. So a couple of things they did that were unique here, and we're going to get into this image thing a, lo a lot deeper. And so, because it, it goes beyond uh, just the, the pornographic, just the, the immorality side, okay? First thing is this, would you write this down? First thing they did is, they, is get rid of images that are hurting you and taking you away from God. The first thing they did is they tore them down. They're like, let's just get rid of them. That's the best thing to do. Just get rid of your stash. Get rid of the, the links that you go to. Get rid of the, the, the uh, channels that have stuff on them. Just, just get rid of it. You just don't have it in front of you, right? It says in Judges chapter 3, I just wanted to go back in Scripture and show you how Israel dealt with this for years. I mean, it was ongoing, just kept coming back around. Judges in chapter 2, chapter uh, 3, chapter 8, chapter 10. It's just an ongoing issue for generations, okay? It says, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. I noticed it, wasn't, it didn't say they served Baal, they served the images of Baal. More on that in a minute. They abandoned the Lord. They went uh, after other gods, worshiping the gods of the people around them. See, guys, it's just easy to fall into this stuff because everyone else is doing it, right? And they angered the Lord. They abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and the images of Ashtaroth. And the images, notice that it's the images of Baal <laughs> uh, because he's a dude. Nobody wants to see that. And so they, that was a joke. But they served the images. <laughs> I love when I have to point out my jokes. That's always good. The images for Ashtaroth was the girl, right? But, but bottom line is that, is that they were serving these images. But, but my question for you today is, are, aren't we really busy serving images, even if it's not pornographic? I mean, how many young teenage girls do you know that just do this all day long? All day long. Image, comment, image, comment, image. I mean, it, that's serving an image, isn't it? And, and this is also why so many people struggle with their body image today. It's because every picture looks perfect. And not only, not only are we serving this image, we're, we're, we're joining in it. We, we want to make ourselves appear perfect. And so it, this is a huge problem. It says in 1 Samuel, I wanted to show you, this is all over the Old Testament. So the Israelites got rid of their images of Baal and Asheroth and worshiped only the Lord. And so I really believe it's going to either be God or images. You're going to have to decide. 
One of them's going to have to win in your life. So the first thing they did is they tore it down. Number two, we need to limit our access to the wrong images. Just limit your access. The Israelites pulled down the high places and the altars throughout all the land until they had destroyed them all. Jesus put it this way. Just lead us not into temptation. That was his prayer. God, just help me not to even be around it. Just help me not to go around the wrong things. Now, let's talk about images and, and go further with it in just a second. But before I do that, I want to talk about image motion. It's just like videos. Just all of this is images on video. It's just motion images. You know, remember we used to call movies motion pictures. That's really all it is. And so it's still a worshiping of, of images. Guys, the reason I know this is something that's happening in our culture is because the average person now is spending up to eight hours a day staring at their phone. Eight hours a day. This is insane. I mean, we've lost our minds on this stuff. And so if you take the eight hours back and just plug that into education, you'd have a PhD by now. I mean, it's unbelievable. We're giving our lives to this stuff now. It's gotten that crazy. And for those of you who are like, yeah, elbowing your, you know, your, your teenage daughter or, or son, well, but we're giving ourselves images too if we're staring at the news all day or all night. I mean, have you figured this out about 24-hour news? It's this much news and this much commentary. And so you really don't need that much news either. And so it's still a form of, of an image. Maybe it's streaming services. Now we don't watch TV shows. We stream them and we binge them. We're like, okay, I'm almost done with season one. When'd you start? Uh, three hours ago. Wow, it took him a year to make that. And that's just your Tuesday. I mean, we have a problem here, right? And we just don't like to, to be called out on it, but it's, it's really an issue. And, and, and these images are, are titillating in nature. They draw us in, they're entertaining, they're exciting. They, they hold our attention, uh, you know, and so Xbox is doing the same thing. I'm mean, gonna go on and on. And so I, I wanna encourage you to tear it down. Here's one thing you can do. What does that mean? It means limit your access. It's a lot easier not to go worship Baal if there's not a Baal God anywhere around. So I would encourage you to limit your access. This is the power of a, like a screen time app, you know, like limiting how much you, you watch. Um, if your kid has an Xbox or you're a grown adult with an Xbox, which also is very common now, here's what I would do because you're addicted to it. Just admit it. And the reason I know you're addicted is because you're mad I'm talking on it. <laughs> so what I would do is when you play it, once you're done playing it, pack it up in the box. I, was, I read all these product, productivity books all the time. And one, I thought this is genius. They said, pack up the Xbox when you're done with it. Like, don't just turn it off. Unplug it all from the wall, from the TV, the whole thing. Unplug the whole thing. Wrap all the cords up. Put it into its original box or find a box and put it in the box and then, and then close the box up and then store it up in your closet. And you want to play Xbox again? You have to get it out, un pull, unwind it, plug it all in, turn it on, and then play. And then when you're done, you have to take it all down, unplug You're like, that's a pain. Exactly. If you make it hard like that, they're going to be like, I want to play Xbox. No, it's not worth getting it out. That's the point, right? If you're going to have Instagram or Twitter or whatever your social media, you know, whatever your favorite one is, uh, once you're finished, you know, for your eight-hour day or whatever you're on, you know what? Log out, then delete the app. Then if you want to go back on, you got to, okay, got to go get the app again, load it back up, log back in, and then look. And you're done looking, log out, delete the app. You see, you're making it harder for yourself to do it. Or, or if you really want to conquer this, put it on a different device other than your phone. Have like a social media, like this is the fun app. This is the like, have an iPad or something to where you don't keep on your phone all day because it's just too easy to go to. It's hurting your productivity. It's hurting your work. It's, it's, I promise you it's hurting your schoolwork. I guarantee you it's doing that. And so I want to encourage you, if you do this, it really will change your life. Limit your access to those images will be a game changer. And then here's the big one. And this is where it really crosses over from 
the pornographic and immorality stuff to, to really everyone. And here it is. Quit confusing the ideal with the real. Guys, I want to tell you, this is the reason why we have so much depression in our society today. This is the reason why we have so much disappointment. People are disappointed. They're discouraged because they didn't get exactly what they had an image of. Like I thought it was going to be like this, but it's not. And so we're, we're acting, we're mad, we're huffing, puffing. I can't believe I hate my job. It's terrible. Why? Because it made me work. <laughs> and they got on me when I didn't do exactly what they wanted. But, but that's, that's, that's the thing is that <clears throat> we have an image of what work looks like, but it's not like that. You know, you get into your favorite dreamy college. It's going to be so great. And you get there and you're like, what? They gave me homework. I got to go to class. Like, yeah, all colleges have that. I don't care how cool the sign looks and the, you know, the logo looks on you. It's still, it's still work. You know, and you get married. Just people are, you know, I got to get married. I got to divorce this person because they're, they're nothing like I thought. They're nothing. Being married is nothing like I thought. That's because you had an image, but that was just a picture in your mind. And we've gone way overboard with pictures. Now it costs just about as much money to put on the asking someone to marry you than the actual wedding. Like we've gone insane because of why? Because we have to post it on Instagram. So everything is now an image we're putting out there and we're making ourselves incredibly unhappy because none of us can keep up even with our own images. No one's life is that great. No one's, including yours, including mine. And so I just want to encourage you, this is actually hurting us. Look what 2 Corinthians says about this. Casting down imaginations, casting down images in your mind. And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, in other words, against the truth, and bringing into the captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. All these thoughts of what you think it's going to be and it doesn't turn out like that, that's why you're unhappy. It's because, well, I thought it was going to be like this and that didn't happen. It's not exactly how I wanted it, so... Mm. I don't like it. This isn't what I thought it was going to be like. I didn't get everything I wanted, so I'm mad. So we're unhappy because it's not exactly how we want it to be. But guess what? The devil is all about this. It says the devil in Revelation 12, the devil or Satan, he's the one deceiving the whole world. I just need to let you know something. The devil is catfishing all of us. All of us. He's selling you an image of what it's supposed to be like. And he's laughing all the way because he knows there's no one can keep up with that image. No one's life is that great. You know, you see these movies, you're like, oh, look, he's so good looking and he's super rich. He runs the whole company. And yeah, he's this great father who's home at five. Oh, yeah, guys are running massive multi-million dollar companies. Of course they're home at five. Like, this is unrealistic what we're putting out. And then we wonder why we're, why we're so unhappy. It's because no one is that well put together. You're just going to be disappointed. There was a paratrooper one time. He was trying to learn how to jump out of a plane, which is a scary thing. The commander told him, you know, this is what we're going to do. Okay, everyone listen up. You know, step one, you know, like now you got both parachutes on, your, your main one, your backup. He goes, now, when you jump out of the plane, step one is jump out, count to 10. Step two, pull the ripcord. Your parachute should, should deploy and then, you know, you'll land. But if not, step three, in the very rare incidents, it doesn't, incidents, incident that it doesn't deploy, pull the ripcord, the next parachute, your backup, 
and then step four, there'll be a truck down on the ground to take you back to the base. He's like, okay, got it, right? So he gets on the plane. He's got uh, his, his, you know, parachutes on, both of them. He jumps out of the plane. He's like, okay, step one, you know, count to 10, count to 10, pull the cord, pulls it. And he's like, nothing. You know, his, his, his parachute doesn't deploy. He's like, you gotta be kidding me, man. He said it would deploy. So then he reaches over, pulls the other one. It doesn't deploy either. And as he's going down to the ground, he basically says in his mind, he's like, can I bet the truck won't be there either? I mean... <laughs> Many of us are going to be disappointed all the way till we die. Let me tell you why. Because the marriage, the kids, the career, the church, the community, the life you live doesn't look like the picture you created in your mind. And now you're unhappy. My marriage is just not what I thought it was going to be. My career is not what I thought it was going to be. I don't like this church anymore. I thought the sermon was going to be something else. The worship was too loud, too soft, too long, too short. I didn't like it. <laughs> no, no, I'm spiritual over there. I'm going to go over here. And guess what? If, if it never fits your image, let me tell you right now, you'll be switching marriage. You'll be, you'll be divorcing and going from partner to partner, from job to job, from church to church, from community to community. And you'll always be miserable because you're trying to picture an image and say, I'm going to worship this image until I get this. And it will leave you empty. Because it is not real. I'm trying to help you. You're like, this is depressing. No, I'm trying to help you because your life is better than you're giving it credit for. But you're so busy looking at other people's images that you're missing your life. You have a great life now. So I want to challenge you to quit confusing this. And uh, we always want what we don't have. You know, the Bible says, another scripture in Proverbs says, stolen water tastes sweet to us. But it, it, it's, it's saying a joke, like if I stole your water and drank it, it'd be like, oh, it tastes just like my water. Because, but because if it's stolen, it's better. This, and he's referring to adultery, he's saying like, somehow you think like, oh, if I was with her, then when we had sex, it'd be better than, than who I'm married to. And the truth is it'd be, no, it wouldn't be better. It'd be like, it'd be sex. It wouldn't be better. It'd be the same, I think I have this, I think I already have that. I, don't, I guess I don't need yours, I, I've got one. But we think, oh, oh but someone else has it. Now I want it because it's not mine. We're falling for this. We're busy watching other people live out their dreams on TV and on our phones and not living our dreams. So I want to challenge you to take a step back, step back from all the images that you've fallen for. You know what? Moms fall for this. This is why they're so mad when their kids act up. Kid does the same thing at home. No problem. You let him get away with it. You go out in public and do it. You're like, oh, don't you dare do that. And you're upset. Why? Well, they've been just as disrespectful at home, but now it's in public. Now you're making my image look bad. So we get mad because you're hurting my mommy image that I'm this perfect parent, right? Ladies fall for the image. You got to have just the right mascara and the lashes have to be just right in your hair. And you want to have this perfect body and always be in great shape and have that dress that looks great. Why? Because you don't see people posting going, oh, look fat in this dress. Quick, honey, get the camera. Let's take a picture of this. <laughs> You don't do that. You only post what looks great. And you see these people and they always look like they're in shape and they always look great, but not everyone can look as good as Pastor Bill. <laughs> you and I are real people. If you eat a lot of Mexican food, you can have this body too, it's possible. <laughs> Just want you to know, you can have it too. We are people with regular problems. If you go to work somewhere, they're gonna get on you sometimes. Sometimes you can have a good week, sometimes a bad week. 
You go to school, you're going to do okay sometimes, and sometimes you won't. If you don't go to class, surprise, surprise, you don't do as well. You do your homework, you do better. If you don't do homework, you do work. In other words, that's just normal stuff. But we have fallen for this image of this perfect student, this perfect mom, this perfect marriage, this perfect. And so, and guess what? You know what we're also doing? We're nitpicking our spouses to death. Why? Because you don't fit my image. And I'm going to keep working on you until you fit exactly what I want. But the truth is, is God did not call you to remake your spouse in your image. He doesn't want you to, you're tearing them apart. You're not building them up. You're shredding them in your help. And so instead, say, I want to encourage you. I want to build you up. I try to remember this as a parent. I don't want to shred my kids. You know, they need to know, like, you're enough. Just like you are, you're enough. They need to know that. You, you, you need your, your spouse needs to know, like, you're, you're beautiful. Just like you are. You don't have to get all dolled up. You are look great. You're already of great worth. If you will do this, it will change everything for you. Suddenly you're like, oh, wow, I'm starting to see glimpses of the marriage I want because you got over the image that you don't have, which none of us have. And then all of a sudden you get to, where, to the good stuff where things can really happen in a good way in your life, in your marriage, in your career, all those things, because you don't work in the life you want, you work in the life you have. So you have to work with that. In other words, what I'm trying to say, if I could give you the nutshell of this message, here it is in one sentence. Quit complaining about the life you have and start making it the life you want. That's it. That's the message. And then what happens? Once they tear down these images of Baal, once they tear down the images, what does it say they do? Second Chronicles 31 says this, then all the sons of Israel returned to their cities, each to his possession. Don't you think that should have been, oh, that's got to be a typo. I'm sure they meant each to his home, his residence, his community, his neighborhood. No, no, no. No, God's very intentional in every word he says, to his possession. And then that took me back. Oh, this is what Moses said. Moses said to the people when they first went into the, in the promised land, go in the promised land. It's your land. It's promised from God. That's what it's called the promised land. And you're going to have an inheritance that's yours that God's going to give you. And go tear down the idols so you don't waste time on that. And you can instead do what? Build a life with what God's given you. So all of a sudden, if you get over these images you're hooked on, you have one precious gift you forgot you have, time. And guess what you do with your time now? You build your life. Now you have time. Now you have time to get in good shape. Now you have time to eat right. Now you have time to work out. Now you have time to go to school. Now you have time to, you know, get the project done on time. Now you have time at work when you're not sneaking looks at YouTube, you suddenly can get your job done. And so all of a sudden you have time. And if you do that, Ephesians 3.20 says this, with God's power working in us, God can do much, much more than anything we can ask or what? <laughs> Imagine. So now we realize the pictures that God's given us are something we shoot for, but it's not going to always be just like that. Guys, I've been working 25 years on a picture of a church that God gave me when I was in seminary that would change the lives of thousands of people. It's not perfect, but I'm starting to see the picture. I'm starting to see it happen. I just want to encourage you, you, you live in the real, but you shoot for the ideal. And God can do his greatest work if you live in the real. Peter Drucker put it this way. He said, the best way to predict the future is to create it. I love that quote. Just create it. If you don't like something in your life right now, change it. You have the power to do that. But don't waste your time looking at other people's life. I wish I had that. I wish I had that. Turn it off and go have it. Go do it. If you'll do that, things can happen in your life. And then God gives us this promise from Joel chapter 2. The Lord said, I will give you back what you lost 
to the swarming locusts. Basically, this is where uh, the people had not honored God, and he's like, I'm going I'm to let the swarming locusts come eat your crop. Basically, he's trying to get their attention. But then when they turn back to God, he said, now all the years that you've lost, looking at all these images, doing things that didn't honor God, God says, if you'll turn back to me, I'll give you back the years you lost. Isn't that good news? He will give you back the years you lost. James Stockdale was a Vietnam pilot and uh, he was shot down over Vietnam in 1965. He ended up in, as a prisoner of war in what's famously now called the Hanoi Hilton. He was in a box uh, that was three by nine for eight years. The only time they ever dragged him out was because he was one of the commanders. They knew he was high ranking, so they would drag him out to beat him in front of the other soldiers who were also prisoners and put him back in a box. They wouldn't give any medical attention after that. He would just bleed and heal up on his own. This happened to him for eight straight years. They asked him one day when he was finally released, when the war was over, how'd you survive that? Like what, what kept you going? And he said this famous line, I never lost faith in the end of the story. Don't ever lose faith at the end of the story. Maybe you're not where you wanna be. Don't lose faith that God's not done with you. The story is not over. There's still time for a great ending. Would you bow your heads with me? Aren't we glad to know that? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's just take a moment to pray right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You know what? God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you and me. You know why? Because he knows we're not picture perfect. He knows we need a savior. He knew that all those images were just fake. And that the truth is when we finally cut through it all, we're just really empty people needing a God who loves us. So he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you and me. Now he waits for you to receive him in your life. You can pray this simple prayer. You can receive Christ right now. Whatever campus you're at, you just pray this prayer with us. If you're online watching right now, you can say this out loud. Just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for me. I believe you paid the price for my sin. And I believe you rose again. Please come in my heart. Be my Lord and be my savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just pray that prayer, then Christ has come in your life. No one's looking around right now. Would you just lift your hand high? If you just gave your life to Christ, if you just prayed that prayer, just lift your hand high right now. Praise God, there are hands going up all across our different churches. Just hold your hand high. Would you do that? Just hold it high. Thank you. If you're online with us, you can simply put it in the text chat, say, my hand's raised. Just text that to us right now or click hand raised right now. Praise God. Just hold your hand high. Thank you. We see those hands all the way at Rodfield there. Thank you, Stone Oak. Praise God. Thank you, Rockport, Fulton. Thank you. Hold those hands high. Thank you, Padre Island. Just hold your hand high. Praise God. Thank you for that decision you made to follow Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you, God, that we don't have to give our lives to things that aren't real, but instead we can live real lives of fulfillment and of faith, of struggles and of victories. I thank you for that, God. Lord, help us to get our heads out of the images and get our head and our eyes focused on you, your love, your grace, your goodness, and the future you have for each one of us. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.